Hey guys, thanks for being here this morning. I'm Kendall, one of the pastors here at All People's Church, and uh, have a wife, Shelly, a 17-year-old month son named Isaac, got it, Woo. and uh, having a great day, filled with the presence of God. I hope you guys are too. So anyway, I'd love to get to know you. If I don't know you yet, welcome visitors, or if you've been coming a little bit, thank you so much for being here. We are in a series called Friendship with God discovering more about the life of Moses in the Old Testament of the Bible. And we're going to get started here this morning. You guys excited for friendship with God? You know, I don't know if you found yourself in a similar place that I did this week, but it was a very challenging week as I watched the news. You know, I kind of felt like one hit after another. It was, it, it really brought me down at different times. Um, you know, uh, I was really grieving with different people in our nation. I know on Monday, obviously, we had this terrible explosion in Boston, and there were lives lost, and I think something really um, was hurt in the psyche of our nation from that time. There was, there was a real pain and a real grief. I think they were all feeling from that event. Uh, we have a sister church in Boston we're very close to. It was hard to see just that community go through that. My wife at the grad school in Boston, we were really grieving for that city, as I know many of us were, and then a few days later, obviously, there was an explosion in central Texas in a town called West. It was a town we've been to many times. Uh, my brother-in-law owns a clinic near there, and he was up till 2 in the night uh, uh, ministering to people. And uh, he's a doctor, and so treating their medical needs and being with them. Uh, and that, that really hit close to home as well. Um, every time you turn on the news, it seems like someone's talking about North Korea. There's just a lot of negativity and a lot of real challenges in our culture today. Even in my own just personal upbringing, my high school received a bomb threat this week and someone was arrested in a very peaceful community. It, it was really an emotionally difficult for me. Thankfully, God is with us as we mourn, as we grieve and we have questions, but it, it, it was challenging. I know many of us today are grieving or looking for answers and Thankfully, we have Jesus. But as I, as I watched the news this week, as I kind of studied our culture, I'm not one that really likes the play-by-play news. It's a little, little overwhelming to me. But as I was reading different editorials about these different events, it was interesting to me how our nation responded to some of these different things. There was, there was kind of some different explanations that I saw in our media. Some, some leaders encouraged us to res, for real resolve, to really rise up and be strong in the midst of this time. I heard one guy say, marathon runners, run again. And there was a real kind of hope of the victory of the human spirit over these difficult events. Others uh, tried to see the good in human nature, right? They'd say, looking, looking at all the people that were serving, they, you know, were thankful for that. They tried to see the good in human nature of the event. Unfortunately, like often happens, many people use these events as a bully pulpit to kind of push a particular political agenda. And that was obviously going on in our country as well. Um, But I heard a lot of editorializing. I heard a lot of attempts to explain what happened this week in our country. But as I looked and read and watched and listened, I didn't hear a lot of solutions. And I think we find ourselves today in a country, in America, where our problems have grown beyond the scope of our answers. Whether it's our national debt or these terrible events in the news, these tragedies in our country, we we find ourselves kind of out of our league. And today we are in a nation in need of an encounter with God. Amen? We We need encounters with God. As we study the life of Moses, we see that God's answer for a group of people that are crying out for freedom, crying out for deliverance, is to raise up leaders 
who have been transformed by encounters with God. For the people of Israel, they, they were oppressed by Egypt. They were in slavery, and God raised up a transformed man named Moses to lead them. And today in our culture, God wants to raise up a transformed church that has been filled with encounters with God to transform our culture. I, as, I was, as I was watching the news this morning, Exodus 2 came to mind. Turn there with me, Exodus 2, 23 through 25. Our ushers are going to bring Bibles forward. We always love giving people their first Bible, or if you just don't have one today, we'd love for you to have a Bible as well. Those will be passed out in the, in the row. Exodus 2, 23 to 25. The Israelites groaned in their slavery and cried out, and their cry for help because of their slavery went up to God. God heard their groaning, and he remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. So God looked on the Israelites and was concerned about them. One translation says it this way, God saw the people of Israel, and God knew. God saw the people of Israel. He saw their pain, he saw their questions, and he knew. And one thing that I'd love for you to hear this morning is that God sees the people of America today, and he knows. God sees the city of Boston. He sees the little town of West Texas. He sees our little lives with our issues and the things that we're wrestling through on a daily basis. And God knows. And God has an answer. God answered the cry of the people of Israel. They're groaning, it says in Exodus 2, by raising up a man that had encountered God. And today I want to speak to you from the subject encounters with God. Encounters with God. Because I believe God wants to answer the cry of our nation today by raising up a church that has encountered God, by raising up a church that's filled with the joy, the love, and the power of Jesus. The life of Moses is a life story of someone that encountered God. Um, And this morning, I want to talk about three different attributes of how Moses encountered God as we look at his life, and so we can learn how to be people that encounter God. So let's look at those now, guys. Why? First, we're going to study why. Say why with me. Thanks. It was feeling a little quiet in here. Okay. Why? Reasons we need encounter with God. What's the next one? What? Recognizing encounters with God. And the last one is how. How to respond. Responding to encounters with God. So first let's look at why. Reasons we need encounters with God. The first reason we need to encounter God is to be personally transformed. For personal transformation. As I've been studying the life of Moses this week, there is a scripture that really stuck out to me. In Exodus 3.6. We read it last week in our passage on the burning bush. You may remember the week before, we talked about Moses, the chosen child. We talked about how God had raised up Moses as a leader. But last week we read Exodus 3. Put Exodus 3.6 up here for me, guys. It says this, Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Here's the situation. Moses is out tending his sheep in the desert. God appears to him in a burning bush, and Moses is afraid. It says he hides his face, and he's afraid to look at God. As I studied this, uh, God brought another scripture up to mind in Exodus 33. You might be familiar with it. Let's look at that one. Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Okay, Exodus 3 again. Moses hid his face. Exodus 33:11. The Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Something happened in Moses' life that took him from being an ashamed murderer out in the desert by himself, who was afraid to come to God, to someone that enjoyed the deepest fellowship with God imaginable. Moses was transformed by encounters with God. He wasn't, didn't even feel worthy to look at God, and now he's the guy that we model FaceTime after. Okay? So Moses was transformed by encounters with God. You know, this is really what happened in my own life. I was someone, I knew about God, I knew about Jesus, 
but I wanted to come to God on my own terms. Um, I, I got involved in all kinds of things growing up and in high school. You know, I, I was involved in the occult, kind of finding my own path to God um, because I was kind of burned out on church and traditional religion. I wasn't interested in that. And I looked for just spirituality out in our culture through books and other religions. And that was something that kind of captivated me. I wanted to come to God on my own terms. Along with that, I got involved in relationships I shouldn't have been involved in. I got involved in drugs. I was looking for answers. I was looking for hope. I was looking for life outside of the kingdom of God because I wanted to come to God on my own terms. My hard family stuff, I was just searching, searching for answers in a different way. It was, a, it was a difficult season for me through high school years as I kept looking and searching for God and searching for just something true. And life kind of slipped out of my hands. I became more and more depressed, more and more down, more and more desperate for something real. Everything changed for me. I was at a friend's house in, in high school. as a senior year, and we were partying and doing drugs. And I went into his bathroom just to kind of clean up for a second. I shut the door for the bathroom, and I just began to cry. I, I don't know necessarily what came, how it happened, but the presence of God came over me. I felt the conviction of God in my heart. I felt the presence of God in my room, and I felt God speak something to my heart. He said, this, this isn't your life. This isn't the life I have for you. And there was just a shift that happened in that moment as I knew I had heard the voice of Jesus. And I shut the door to the bathroom and walked out just a different person. I, I don't know. I mean, uh, maybe some people here need to go check out what's going on in the bathroom. But I, I got touched by the power of God. I, I encountered God. I started looking for different people that had had experience like this or God had spoken to them and started little Bible studies. But the thing that God really spoke to me was go to a specific college. And so I went to this college. I got involved in a, in a college ministry there and uh, began to walk with friends and community and seeking God. And I remember one Sunday night service, a guy there spoke on fasting. Now, fasting is simply not eating for spiritual reasons. If that's totally just off the grid for you. Don't worry. It was off the grid for me as well. I love to eat. And, um, but you know, whenever someone presents me with something, I always like to respond wholeheartedly. And so this guy said, Hey, you, you, you should fast. It's a, one of the spiritual disciplines we can use to set ourselves up for encounters with God. So I said, okay, I'll do that. So rather than skipping a meal, I thought I'd go three days without eating and drinking only water. So there I was college freshman and started my three day water fast. Now the first day I woke up pretty hungry as we all would and went through the day. But throughout the day, I, I was drinking water, but I, I began to feel really ill because of all the sugar and caffeine that I was coming off of that I'd never really taken a break from, right? Any familiar fasting stories out there? Okay. So that was happening to me and I began to feel really ill. And so I took all this Advil to get rid of my headache on an empty stomach. So yes, I threw up in the dorm bathroom. People are coming in. What's going on with you? I'm fasting. Okay. So, so I went to bed really early and slept through my economics class the next morning, just kind of blew everything off. So I was now a day and a half into my three-day fast, most of which I had slept through. And um, I decided I was going to go eat lunch. So before I went to uh, Penland Cafeteria to eat lunch, I, I thought, okay, well, I'll, I'll give kind of God a chance to speak to me. You know, what do I have to lose at this point? I'm already a terrible faster, so, you know. So now I hadn't been discipled by Robert yet, and no one had really taught me how to pray. And so I just kind of prayed how I had seen people do it. I just got in my meditation stance. And so I sat in the middle of my dorm room, turned off all the lights. I don't know why I did that. And, uh, and just kind of sat there. I had one Christian song I downloaded from Napster, okay? Uh, it was called I'm Desperate For You. Some of you know the song. All right, so I began to play that song and just, you know, 
God, help me out here. Who knows what I prayed, right? And um, I just remember sensing the presence of God opening my eyes. And as I opened my eyes, on my right was just kind of my messy bed and all my junk. And on my left was my roommate's side of the room, which was much neater than mine. And in the middle, I just noticed this floating kind of light TV screen. And, and I realized, oh my gosh, I think I'm, I think I'm having a vision. And we kind of use the word vision lightly sometimes. Sometimes it's something in our imagination, our hearts. This was in the room, floating, way past any LCD technology you guys have ever seen. It was floating in front of me. And I'm watching. I'm like, I think God is speaking to me. I'd never heard or seen of anything like this. I watched and I saw in this vision, I saw a house there. And instinctively, I just knew in my heart that this house was my life. So I became concerned when a fire came and began to burn down the house. And I watched the house burn all the way down and a, and a solid foundation remained with a pile of dust. And, and I, I watched as a wind came and began to take the ashes and build something new. Call it my burning bush experience, but when I opened up to 1 Corinthians 3 several days later and saw nearly that exact same scenario written out in Scripture, I knew God had spoken to me. What God was speaking to me was, yes, you have a foundation. You want to serve God. You've given your life to Jesus. But everything you've built in your life is going to need to be taken down. And something new is going to need to be built. I needed personal transformation. That encounter with God brought into my life a great season of personal transformation. Hopefully, I'm still being transformed. But those next few years, it was just at a rapid rate where God was speaking to me. Different things were being dealt with in my life. I loved a story I heard from Awaken this week. Awaken is our college service on Thursday nights. I was there at Awaken, and one of our college students shared a testimony of her life being transformed by encounters with God. The incredible thing, there were many medically verified healings in her life. Um, There was an incurable STD that God had healed her from. Um, God had taken her out of just treatment and therapy and medicine for bipolar issues and had rescued her for that over the course of a year. Um, She had gotten in community, began to outreach, began to practice the spiritual disciplines. God was transforming her life. And then even recently, uh, she shared a testimony that God had healed her of food allergies she had for seven or eight years. God wants to transform us from the inside out. Just like Moses had an encounter with God in the desert that transformed him and prepared him for his destiny. Personal transformation is one of the reasons we have encounters with God. Amen? Another reason we have encounters with God is to prove the message of the gospel. To prove the message of the gospel. Robert read Exodus 3 last week, but let's hop back there again. Exodus 3, 14 through 18. God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and thus I to be remembered through all the generations. Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say to them, the Lord of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has appeared to me, saying, I have observed you and what, have you have done, what has been done to you in Egypt, and I promise that I will bring you out of the affliction of Egypt to the land of the Canaanites and some other groups, to a land flowing, flowing with milk and honey. I can't pronounce those, but I just don't want to. Okay. So, um, so God gives Moses a message and a promise. Okay, God speaks to Moses and says, hey, you need to go to these people and give them a promise. I'm going to deliver them. Now, Moses, remember, had been cast out into the desert. He was a murderer. He wasn't really connected with society. He's probably kind of a gnarly-looking shepherd, okay, like we saw in the video last week. And like you and me, he was a little insecure about going back into a big city and proclaiming this message. So in Exodus 4.1, Moses answers this way. He says, 
Behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice, for they will say, the Lord did not appear to you. The Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? He said, a staff. And he said, throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground and it became a serpent. And Moses ran from it, wouldn't you? All right. The Lord said to Moses, put out your hand and catch it by the tail. So he put out his hand and he caught it. And it became a staff in his hand that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has appeared to you. What's happening here? God gives Moses a miraculous sign to confirm his message. One of the reasons we have encounters with God is to confirm the message of the gospel. Jesus says this in John 14. He says, if you don't believe in me, at least believe on account of the works themselves, the miracles themselves. Even Jesus said, I'm going to bring miracles to confirm my message, to confirm my good news. You know, this kind of makes me think of our Mexico trip we take as a church. Every March, you know, we've gone down to Mexico, many of us together, and, and what's happened is we've always seen a lot of miraculous healings and miracles. Why? I don't think it's because there's some special healing glory cloud over Tijuana, okay, or some special spiritual environment there that creates healings. I think it's because we're on mission with God. We're out proclaiming the good news of Jesus, and God promises that he's going to bring signs and wonders to back up his message. I think that's the reason we see so much of the power of God on this trip. One, one guy says it this way. When you preach the gospel, you see the gospels happen. The things that happen in the book happen as we communicate the good news of Jesus. One story that stuck out to me from our church recently, I really love. One of our Navy guys having a life group at his house, and there was another guy that came to his house with a broken hand. And long story short, they said, well, this isn't a guy that's, you know, been to a lot of healing seminars or read a lot of books on the subject. He's just believing God and trying to be a good life group leader. And so they want to bless this guy and see what God will do and take away the pain from his broken hand. So they begin to pray for him and the guy begins to cry. It starts to feel ministered to by the love of God. That's the reason, right, we pursue the spiritual gifts for people to feel love from God. He begins to cry and begins to feel the love of God. And he begins to pray and notices it's better. They pray again. And by the end of the prayer time, the guy is taking his broken hand and pressing it down on a table and saying, there's no pain. He's testing it out in all these different ways. And since then, we've seen that this man's hand has been healed. So there was a message that God was confirming through that miracle, the love of God to this guy. Uh, one of our night schools, of, night school of transformation students is a nurse. And um, as a nurse, you know, she's obviously with a lot of sick people, people that have different medical issues. And so she prayed for a customer, excuse customer, I don't think they call them customers. What do they call them? <laughs> Patients? Is that what they call them? Okay. Yeah. Let's kind of let the joke pan out then. Okay, great. She was praying for a patient um, and uh, she was praying for a patient and his pain went away. Supernaturally, I don't know exactly what his issue was, but I know that his pain went away supernaturally. As she prayed for him, he was just very touched by the love of God. She, she went to another floor and did some work and came back. I'm going to read you the text message she sent me describing this story. Um, it's, really, it's really awesome. Suspense is killing you guys, I know. <laughs> the patient came back to the hospital looking for me to bring flowers and thank me. He went to the floor that I was on. He told the nurse manager and probably everyone else how he was healed of his pain and they found me on another floor that I was working on. That nurse manager emailed my nursing supervisor and either the nurse manager or the supervisor sent an email of the patient's story, how he came back to the floor so excited that this nurse had prayed for him and was healed of his pain out to the chief nursing officer. 
So basically, the chief nursing officer of this whole hospital is getting this miracle story from one of, one of our church members that just goes and brings the kingdom of God into her job. God brings encounters to confirm the message of the gospel. Another reason God will bring encounters to us is to rescue the oppressed. We see this in the life of Israel, to rescue the oppressed. Let's go back to the scripture, guys, in Exodus 3, 7. The Lord said, I surely have seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt. I've heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their suffering. I've come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land to a good and broad land. God had seen the affliction of the Hebrew people. He heard their cry and he came down, it says in verse 8, to deliver them. Jesus had a very similar mission, right? Luke 4.18, it says he came to preach good news to the poor. There are certain issues in our culture, there are certain things in our life where we have to have an encounter with God to receive breakthrough. One reason we have encounters with God is to rescue the oppressed. One story from our church comes to mind. Allison Ricks, who um, was a San Diego State student, was in between jobs after college and riding the San Diego trolley just to, to get some work. And she, her car was not, not operating. She was on the trolley, just kind of moving around town. And this is a few years ago. While she was on the trolley, she met some children on the trolley and began to realize that they were homeless. These children were seven or eight years old. They were without any supervision. And God just began to break her heart for these kids. Now, there's a lot of things, right, in our culture that we have compassion for and, and break our hearts. But there was something really different about this particular time. It was like God was really bringing a truth encounter into Allison's life. She, she began to learn more about these kids that they went to a school downtown that caters to homeless children and the lack of just support and resources that this specific organization have. And meanwhile, she's in the middle of making a major life decision where she has a job op opportunity in the Northeast to go work for a large salon company in the fashion industry. God speaks to her through this encounter. She lays down that job in the Northeast and stays in San Diego to begin to minister and start a nonprofit to help these children. It's been so awesome to go to Project Connect, uh, different Thanksgivings, and see so many people from our church there ministering to the poor and raising up these kids and helping with this incredible cause. But God brings encounters in our life to rescue the oppressed. You know, the power of God isn't a show. It's, it's not for a platform. It's to set people free. And God will bring encounters in our life to rescue the oppressed. Why do we need encounters with God? We need them for personal transformation. We need them to confirm the message of the gospel. We need him to rec rescue the oppressed. What? How do we recognize encounters with God? I'm just going to kind of breeze through this. This is a message I often preach on our Mexico trip. Many of you guys, who's been in Mexico with us before? Just give us, give me, awesome, okay. So this is a message I often preach on our Mexico trip of my own story of encountering God along the years. But in Moses' life, I see three specific types of encounters that God brought to him in this season. First of all, power, power encounters. You can write these down. These have been really helpful to me over the years. Power encounters. Moses saw God's supernatural power. How did Moses see that? We have the burning bush, right? Moses appears in the desert. That God appears to Moses in the burning bush, and he sees the power of God. Other ways Moses saw the power of God. The staff. We read that scripture earlier in Exodus 4. He throws down his staff. It becomes a snake. He picks it up by the tail, it says. The interesting sign or wonder. Moses saw the power of God, the leprous hand, the, the plagues that God gave power, Moses, God gave Moses power over. These were signs of the power of God. Moses had power encounters with God. And I think a lot of us, when we think of encounters with God, that's kind of what we think of. 
We think of the burning bush. We think of these big, kind of glorious, mystical experiences. But there's also two other kinds of encounters with God that Moses had that moved him forward into his destiny. The next encounter Moses had was a truth encounter. A truth encounter. Exodus 3.14 says this. Well, that's Exodus 4, but I'll, I'll read this here. It's, really short, it's a really short verse. God appears to Moses in the burning bush, and he gives Moses a message. He tells Moses his name. He says, I am who I am. God appears to Moses and tells him his name. I am who I am. Moses learned God's name. He had a truth encounter where he began to understand the, the character of God. God's name was so precious to the Hebrew people after this encounter that they would never even pronounce it the whole way. And when they write it, they would leave out the vowels. They would only, they would only, um, they would only write down the consonants. That was a solid ring right there. Um, so uh, God's name was precious to the Hebrew people. The Hebrew people. Moses had a truth encounter. You know, as I was praying for this message, I really felt like there's many of us here in this room that are in a season of truth encounters. Um, I believe that the character of God is something many people in this room are learning in the season and God wants to give more of. And I want you to know that a truth encounter that cements the character of God in your life can set you free and propel you forward in even the most difficult circumstances because you know who's with you. You know, who's God, you know who God is. Moses needed to know who God was. He had a truth encounter. The last kind of encounter that Moses had was a community encounter. Say community. community. We're all here together. Community encounter. You know, the Bible says we're to bear one another's burdens. And Moses experienced this. He experienced a community encounter. How did he experience it? Through his brother and his friend Aaron. Exodus 4.13 says this. Moses says this to God. Oh, my Lord, please send someone else. (laughs) You ever said that to God? Then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, is there not Aaron, your brother, the Levite? I know that he can speak well. Behold, he is coming out to meet you. And when he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. You shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth, and I will be with your mouth and with his mouth and will teach you both what to do. Okay, we can stop there. But God brought Aaron along the way to help Moses accomplish his mission. I just want to tell you, there's things in your life that God will not be able to accomplish outside of community. 1 Corinthians 12 describes it this way, the body of Christ. We're to be connected to the body. You know, bodies have self-healing properties. Sometimes we can only be healed and refamilied through healthy relationships in the bodies of Christ. Bodies also do different actions. And maybe there's an action. Maybe there's a, a movement that God's calling you to do that you can't do without being connected to someone else. Community encounters, truth encounters, and power encounters. That's the what. That's how you recognize encounters with God. Looking to those three things. Okay, here's the how. How do we respond to encounters with God? Well, let me say this. Our response to an encounter with God determines whether that will remain a personal experience or it will be something that transforms our culture around us. Our response to something that God does in our own life, an encounter with God, determines whether that experience will just remain with us or it will transform our families and our cities and the nation around us. Can you imagine if Moses had simply just stayed in the wilderness? Say, maybe there's another burning bush out here. I don't know. But sometimes we do that, right? God speak to us, and we kind of become experience addicts. We kind of, well, does this kind of bush burn? And what about this? And we stay out in the desert, kind of looping around, looking for more burning bushes, rather than responding to the encounter we've already had with God. One good question to ask yourself is, have you responded to the last thing God told you? Have you responded to the last thing God told you? 
our response to an encounter with God determines whether or not the world around us will be transformed. That's how we started our message, talking about the need for transformation in our nation, how our nation needs encounters with God. But I'll tell you that our nation is only going to encounter God if people like us encounter God first. Because it takes transformed people to transform nations. Transformed people end up having transformed families. They parent their kids different. Their marriages are transformed. Those families make up little tribes and groups around cities, right? And those tribes all get together and they say, well, what about this family? Now, God, you move in their life and you move in their life. And those little families become little clusters and tribes. And those end up transforming cities. It's person by person by person. And as we know, as go cities, so go the nations. So we want to be people that are personally transformed so that the nations of the world can be transformed. There's a few groups of people I want to address as we end our time. Different people that have had different encounters with God here. So first, there's some of us in the room that are kind of still investigating the whole God thing. You're here this morning, maybe a friend brought you, maybe this is your first time in church for a long time. I was so privileged at Easter, I just met people that hadn't been to church ever or in years. We love having people like that at this church. You are always welcome here, just so you know. But I believe there's some of us here in the room that are investigating this God thing for the first time. One way you could respond to this message today is by having your first encounter with God. You know, walking with God is a lifelong journey, but it begins with one step, saying yes. You say yes to God. You turn your life over to him. And the encounter with God you have at that moment is what we call salvation. It's being rescued from our sins. It's being rescued from death and hell. And Jesus coming to live inside of you and make you new again. I believe there's people here this morning that need to respond to God that way and have their first encounter with God. You know, there's other people that may be here with us in the past weeks or months You've actually given your life to Jesus. You've kind of crossed that line. And you've said, God, I want to follow you with all of our life. And we're privileged every week to have people coming to Christ here. And maybe you're one of those people. There's a few ways that you can respond in this season to the encounter you've had with God. First of all, I want to encourage you to be baptized. Acts 2.38 says this, repent and be baptized. Our first step in obedience in God's kingdom is to publicly profess our faith in front of other people and say that we're baptized. This baptism bash we're having next Sunday night is going to be real, Sunday afternoon is going to be very fun. It's going to be out at the beach. I think, uh, I remember last year we just had people lined up down the beach, all different ethnicities, all different backgrounds, people that were raised in church, people that had never darkened the door before, and God was touching them and baptizing them. I just want to welcome you to jump into that and get baptized. That's one thing you could do. If you've recently encountered God, you could be baptized. Another thing you can do is start cleaning up your life. When God comes inside of us, what we realize is two things can occupy the same space. And there's certain things that, that will keep us from our destiny in God. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's sexual immorality. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's some kind of media. I don't know what it is, but God's thumb has probably been on something in your life the past few weeks. I want encourage you this morning to, to draw a line in the sand again, to take a step forward in your journey with Jesus and lay that thing down. Others of you have been with us, and maybe you've really encountered the power of God for the first time. Maybe it was like me on a, on a Mexico mission trip. You saw God moving in power, and God dramatically touched your life. Maybe it was at an awakened service or one of our Sunday mornings. But I know there's people here today that have encountered God for the first time. So this is, this is your action point this morning. Have you responded to the thing God was speaking to, you to about, speaking to you about? Many times we have an encounter with God and we're excited, and, and, but that initial emotional fervor kind of burns off. And what remains was the thing that God spoke. 
I want to encourage you to respond to the things God was speaking to you. We're kind of ending a season of encounters in our church. We started with World Mandate, kind of ended with the Mexico trip. Now we're kind of going to the summer. And it's going to be more of a family time in the church, getting together with life groups and connecting with other people. But have you responded to those things that God did in the last season? It's a good question to ask yourself this morning. One way sometimes we need to respond is by getting training. You know, um, maybe God was speaking to you about I don't know. I'm just going to pick something random. Being a doctor. Okay, God said, hey, you're called to the medical field. Well, it might be time to start studying for the MCAT, right? Sorry to burst your bubble this morning. But um, sometimes there's practical steps we have to take in order to live out the prophetic word God has given us. Amen? So maybe it's training. Maybe it's discipleship. Maybe you say, hey, I've encountered God. I had this dramatic experience, but I have no one to walk it out with. I don't have someone to teach me the daily disciplines of life, and I don't know how this whole Jesus thing integrates with different aspects of my work or my family life. You need to sit down with someone who's a little farther in the faith and let them coach you and let them show you what's going on in God's word so they can walk you through the personal transformation process. The last group of people I want to speak to this morning are people that have had many encounters with God. Maybe you've encountered God for years. Maybe this whole season in our church, God's just been speaking to you, and he's been rocking your life. Here's what I want to say to you this morning. Your encounters are for everyone. Your encounters are for everyone. I believe that there's some people this morning that need to pick up their staff like Moses and now go tell Pharaoh to let his people go. I think there's a boldness that God wants to put in some of us as we respond to what he's done in us this season. Okay, let me summarize as the band comes up. First, we talked about why. Why we have encounters with God. Personal transformation. Talked about confirming the message of the gospel. We talked about rescuing the oppressed. We talked about power encounters, truth encounters, and community encounters. And lastly, we talked about different groups of people that are here this morning that may need an encounter with God or need to respond to the encounters we've had. Okay, why don't you bow your heads with me as we pray.